0: I am here with Megan Hastings, principal broker and owner of The Mortgage Coach. Megan, it's so nice to finally be able to do the podcast because we've talked about doing it for so long now. Um, I'm very excited to be able to do this question and answer with you for our first episode, and this will help our audience get to know you better. Uh, For those of you who are listening, I've had the pleasure of working closely with Megan for the past four years, and I know personally how dedicated and hardworking Megan is, Megan is a successful mortgage broker who has been licensed in Ontario since 2008. She is the principal broker of The Mortgage Coach, which as a brokerage has numerous awards in the industry, such as Top Employer, Five Star Brokerage, and Top Brokerage. Megan, could you share with us why and how you decided to start your own mortgage brokerage? Especially considering that you began this journey in your 40s, um,
1: what motivated you to take this leap into it? owning oh, a bridge. So, thank you. Also, thank you for that lovely introduction. You're welcome. Um, I think that question's really funny because you threw my age in there. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's important because, well, especially for me, I feel like I haven't done enough in my life, and I should be further along where I am at my age. Yeah. I think it's important because sometimes we feel limited by where we should be at a certain age in our life. I do. I so I find it really, insp- I find it really inspiring that like, instead of slowing down, like you sped up and you went for something that you wanted, regardless of where you are in life as society would place you in a category.
1: I appreciate that reasoning. It's funny because it's so easy to just jump into like this whole coaching thing. Like, why do you think that, Laura? What, why do you have these limitations? Why won't yeah. go there? <laughs> Um, so what led to the mortgage coach? I was an agent for a pretty long length of time, a successful agent. And I got to the point in my career where I felt I needed more. I really enjoyed collaborating with my colleagues. I liked talking about, you know, the marketing and the lead generation and talking through deal scenarios with them. Um, so I really appreciated not being on my own and wanted to be part of something bigger. And so I actually started looking for another brokerage to join. Um, And I had a very specific, you know, a list of things I wanted in that environment and in that brokerage. Uh, And after, you know, pretty lengthy length of time, uh, like a lot of, I can't think, research and, you know, going to different brokerages, uh, I really couldn't find something that ticked all the boxes. So I then started on the journey to open the brokerage myself. And I do have to say, when I was going through that process, I didn't really think of age, quite honestly. I think primarily because I never feel my age. I often think I'm younger until I... You know, catch the reflection. Tell somebody of the story says <laughs> yes.
0: you started a brokerage yeah. in your forties,
1: <laughs> and yeah. you're like, "Damn! <laughs> like, oh wow, was I really that old?" But yeah, no, it Asian didn't really play into it, uh, and I also didn't. I knew it was very important to me, like where I worked, the environment, both physical, space-wise, and culturally, and the people I surrounded myself with, and that was really what I was preoccupied with, as opposed to what can I accomplish or how far can I get. It was just about creating an environment where I felt inspired and hope that I could also inspire others in return um
0: as you were starting the mortgage the mortgage coach how did you find any did you find any difficulty in balancing home life and work life as you were starting a business and starting to get the ball rolling and to build something really successful did you find that to be
1: a challenge uh Yes, <laughs> I think there's been challenges all along, and it's funny when I started in the mortgage industry, as far as the broker side of it, I was at a very different place in my life, so I think there's been a lot of different challenges over the years. So when I first became a mortgage agent, uh, I didn't have children, I was newly married, we actually didn't think we were going to have children, and then I ended up buying um Actually, the trademark for the mortgage coach and in another agent's book of business. And it was right after then that all of a sudden we were pregnant. Um, so that brought in a whole new challenge. But it's interesting because, had I think earlier success in having kids, I would not have had that step of buying someone else's book and buying the trademark for the mortgage coach. So it would have been a whole different path I would have been on. So even then, those challenges that we were facing turned out to be something that ended up being life changing in a positive way. And then, while being an agent, like I had. Two kids, so there's all the challenges that come along with being self-employed and trying to also take care of babies and toddlers and all those things. Uh, and there's definitely times when it was overwhelming. And there was more than one occasion where I would see, you know, a mom who I assumed was on mat leave, and I would feel bitter towards her because <laughs> she could just enjoy her babies <laughs> pushing the stroller with yes. Starfox. Yeah, and I was pushing my stroller with my cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> Um, And then when it came to the brokerage, there's, I would say there's definitely lots of challenges, but I think one way that I've always been successful in overcoming them is I have, I really don't have predetermined expectations. So I don't really go into anything thinking it must turn out this way. It's just sort of taking the next step, the next step, the next step and figuring it out as I go along.
0: Um, Recently you became a certified coach, Mm -hmm. which I know took a lot of hard work, tons of time, Um, I remember you being in the office with the door closed, running out for your minute break and going back in. What made you want to get that certification and how does having that coaching certification affect how you run the
1: brokerage and where you you see the, the brokerage growing? So initially, the whole reason I wanted to get that coaching certification was just to be a better leader, to be better at what we're doing, to be able to Um, help our agents more, to be of service more, to help them through their own challenges better. So That was really the, the thought behind it. And I do think that it has made a big difference in the way that I lead. It certainly has helped me be aware of what, like, my own issues, my own, like, what triggers me or how I'm responding to somebody. I've always been fairly even keeled, but I think going through those two coaching certifications, it's improved that even more, where I can always see someone else's point of view or look at it from a different perspective. And uh, hopefully when someone else is sort of going through something, I'm also able to sort of bring them out of it and talk them back to a place of neutrality as well. So I think it's made a huge difference. And is it some? Is your
0: coaching something that you use within the brokerage individually with your agents, or is it just something that you use overall within the way you run your
1: brokerage? Ah, So no, both, I would say both. Um, I do, have one-on-one coaching with our agents. We also do like group masterminds, group coaching, Um, and then yeah, it also impacts how I lead overall.
0: I do think you're really a good leaner. Thank you. Fair. And um, I do see that you put in a lot of effort. I will say,
1: sorry to interrupt, okay. there was one thing I say when I was going through those certifications that did actually make it much better is when I had my door closed for those 12 hours on those courses. You would come in sometimes, like put a little cappuccino on the corner of my desk, which was so nice, right? (laughs) It's called support.
0: Um, So as a successful brokerage owner and winner of many awards and nominations yourself, such as Women of Distinction, you're often asked to speak on industry panels. So your opinion and experience are very valued in this industry. What trends do you see shaping the industry's future? And how do you plan to adapt to stay ahead of that? That's a big question. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So I think that there's a lot of things that are going to impact the industry's future. Obviously, there's like the market, the rates, the housing supply. Those will always be something that impacts the industry. But I think where business is evolving is in business model, for one. You know, different types of brokerages are opening. Different types of training and coaching are being introduced to the industry that were not here 10 years ago. You know, when I... Entered as an agent, there was really no place to get coaching. It was just go buy a laptop and good luck to you. So there is a lot more education, training, and support available, I would say, in general to agents and brokers. I do think that there is a lot more transparency that is just starting to happen as far as how things sort of run behind the scenes, the relationship between industry partners and brokers and agents. And I think, hopefully, there's more of collaboration. I don't want to overuse that word. But it does seem that across the country, really, that agents are able to help each other, reach out. And that's, you know, mostly in part to introduction of Facebook and Facebook groups. But it used to be like you would never know someone who was an agent in Vancouver, for example. But with, you know, social media and all those things, you're able to connect with agents across the country, which could help your own business in there. So I think that's just sort of more connectivity overall. It was, the question: how am I adapting to it?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like, how do you plan... For the brokerage and for yourself, like, to adapt to stay ahead of
1: those, yeah. those trends. So I think one is just being aware of them. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, something as simple as, you know, chat, GBT, making sure that we are aware, we use it, we know how to use it, and then pass that knowledge on to agents. And a lot of it is just, really, that's a huge part of it, is being aware of what those trends are and how they can be incorporated into business. And also not taking it from a position of fear, right? There's always, there's always something like, oh, there's this AI, how is that going to make me um, obsolete so it's coming from a place of hey this is here's a new te- new technology or here's a new model of business or a new brokerage or whatever it is and coming from a place of how can that make me better as opposed to how is that uh, a threat
0: um so going back to you having received awards and nominations for women of influence how do you feel about comments or questions regarding you being a successful female and in- Tradition- traditionally male-dominated industry, that that is inspiring. How do you feel about that? Like, do you feel... We've had a conversation about it where we're not sure if that still needs to be a thing or if we should just take it and walk into, like, the recognition of being a successful
1: woman in this industry. So I do, I do think I have a little bit of an unpopular opinion when it comes to that. And I'm also... Okay. So I think part of it is very powerful. So as far as being recognized as, you know, a woman in the industry, you know, having women approach me or reach out and say that they're, inspired or they want to join a brokerage because I'm a woman in the industry and they like seeing that. It's wonderful. I think that's great. Obviously that position makes me a little bit uncomfortable, which is like, like, "Hmm." so I, I think it's great to be able to have mentors, role models, other people in the industry that you can look up to, it's like, oh, I can do that. So I think having a visual of something like that is great. So for agents to look up to more senior agents or broker owners or whatever that may be, and for, you know, broker owners to look up to, you know, more uh, experienced ones, whatever the case may be, to have someone that you can say, that person looks like me, or that person, I relate to them, that makes me think that I can do it as well. I think there's a lot of value in that. I think the value is there whether it is a man or a woman. I think that's where I get a little bit torn on my opinion because I don't think it's necessarily that I'm a woman in the industry. It's that I am a person that someone says, oh, you're kind of like me. That means that I can do what you did too. And So where it becomes a little bit, I don't know, tangly, I guess, for lack of a better word, is I do think we are at the risk of if it's always identified as a woman in the industry a woman in a male-dominated market, a woman of influence, if that's always how it is, spoken about or perceived, then it will continue to perpetuate that. And at some point, it would be nice to see that flip and just be, you're an inspiring person in the industry, you know, show me how you did that, as opposed to you're a woman in the industry. And I also think that we're also at risk of, us as women, of sort of diminishing our place If we continue saying, you know, we did it in this male dominated industry and it's kind of a vague description because is it male dominated because they're bigger and louder and more visual, more vocal? Or is it male dominated because there's actually more men in the industry, which I'd have to fact check it. But I do remember reading somewhere that there's actually (laughs) more women in the mortgage industry now than men. So what is that domination, right? It's not by numbers, and it's really domination by how much more, I don't know, prevalent they are, or just how much more outspoken they are. And so now we're just saying, okay, it's a male-dominated industry because we are allowing them as women, or we're okay with them, them being men, to ha- take up more space than us. So now it's just dominated because we're letting it be dominated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking that's so funny because you're very humble. <laughs> You're very humble about, you know, when people compliment you or when you get an award, you know, you're very humble about it. So maybe, like, you need to brag about it more.
1: It's true. I I agree. You're very
0: humble about it. So maybe there's a lot of other women broker owners or successful brokers in this field who naturally naturally are also very humble and want to attribute their success to the team, to their brokerage, to people that have supported them versus, yeah, like, I got this award because I am a top broker or I am a successful broker owner. And this is why I like, think there's reasons why you've been given those awards or nominations.
1: I agree. I agree. It is uh, it's definitely room for improvement on my part. And I do think it is something that does happen amongst women in general often. The same would, you know, we see speaker panels or, you know, it could be like a speaker in general Sometimes there's a conversation about, oh, how come all of these speakers are men? It's like, okay, well, did you put your hand up and ask to go on the panel, or did you recommend another woman to go on? So unless we do that for each other or for ourselves, then it will continue being more visually <laughs> men that are you know, out there being seen. But it is something that we have to change ourselves, and unless... If, mo- if there's a the majority of women that go, no, I really like it separate. I want to be recognized as women, I want to have our own special category, then that change is going to take a, a lot longer. So my personal opinion is that I would love to just be recognized as being someone worthy of recognition as opposed to being a woman worthy of recognition.
0: Uh, one of the things that I admire about you and actually love working with you on um, is your commitment to charity and fundraising. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the charities that you work with and why you chose those specific charities?
1: Yeah, Um, it's actually something I I do love about the Mortgage Coach and our activities as well. It's funny, I think that the charities were chosen mostly from personal awareness. So one of the first charities that I worked with, uh, and actually joined the board at one point, and we've done a lot of fundraising for the period purse, was something that once I learned about it, I just couldn't get out of my head. So anybody who doesn't know the period purse is a charity that supports really anyone who menstruates with period products, uh, people that are uh, unable to get them on their own, they're in poverty or they're in a a situation where they're just not able to obtain them. And when it was explained to me, it really just stuck with me because I think very often we might see somebody who is on the street or doesn't have a home and it never crossed my mind what does that person do when they have their period? So once I had that question asked, I was like, oh my gosh, like, what do they do? And then it sort of grew from there. So that was definitely one that I really love supporting because it it becomes such a huge issue, right? Like it then goes into schools, right? There's also teenagers or preteens or whatever that are now going to school and maybe they're in a situation at home and they can't afford it. Or, I mean, it gets bigger from there. Like there's, you know... Kids that could be transgender, and so they're using maybe a male washroom, and then they don't have those in the wash It just becomes such a huge issue that, and I think it, there's very little awareness about it. That then I became quite passionate about it, and then I am also on the board of Brokers Who Care, which is a group of brokers over like throughout Canada, agents and brokers who contribute each quarter. Um, and support multiple charities or individuals that need help. And what I love about that one is, you know, we are very fortunate in this industry that we have really uncapped potential as far as, you know, our earning and how far we can go. And to be able to use those connections and our own fortune to help someone else, I think it just makes sense to me. And also because we are in a position where we meet so many people and have access to so many people that when we see someone who is in need, Now we have a vehicle to help them, which is great. And then, of course, the the Red Door Shelter, which we've helped as well. Similar, I mean, I've known people who have been in that situation. It is also something that is in my neighborhood. Um, I think a lot of the charities that we do support do have a real uh, human interest factor to them. Like We we have supported larger charities when it comes to Princess Margaret or Cancer Research, but to me it's like the ones that are... Uh, almost like smaller grassroots or have a very human connection to them are the ones that tend to resonate with me. I feel very fortunate that we're able to help them. So looking ahead,
0: what exciting plans or projects do you have in store for the brokerage, um, for yourself in the future? things you want to share? <laughs> big goals and ideas coming up? Uh, always. I have always lots of goals and ideas.
1: Yeah. I do have something. Um, with, I do have difficulty with this question, and I'll tell you why. It's because I don't like saying I'm going to do something. I like to just say it once it's done. So uh, I have a hard time always answering this question. But we do definitely have some very big goals for the brokerage um, as far as you know, expansion and growth and support that we are putting in place. and. Personally, again, a challenge is that I very rarely separate myself from the brokerage. So my personal goals tend to be brokerage related. <laughs> so maybe a goal would be to go on a vacation and turn off my phone, which I have never done since uh, starting in the mortgage industry. So that might happen one day. Maybe. We'll see.
0: Reroll all the phone calls to Laura. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, thank you so much for taking the time to answer these questions and I hope that it's helped people get to know you
1: a bit better um, the way that I know you. Thank you, Laura. You're welcome. Um, I've enjoyed this as well. I'm really excited and happy to be on this podcast journey with you. Yeah, it uh, So I think it'll be really cool. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you everybody for joining us on The Mortgage Coach, Connecting the Dots. I hope you found this episode uh, helpful and inspiring. You can always find us on Instagram at the MTG coach and we'll put our links below so you can find us everywhere else on the web.